The events of the past several weeks have changed the world of work for today and into the foreseeable future. Since March, the majority of office-occupying industries have been working from home while sheltering in place. This abrupt shift in workplace operations has resulted in significant behavioral changes that may have a lasting impact on workspace design and use, while simultaneously altering the demand for commercial office space for years to come. In today's podcast, we'll explore four significant ways that COVID-19 is changing real estate and what that means for you. Stay tuned, and we'll get started in just a minute. Hi, everybody. My name is Chris, and I want to thank you for joining us for another value-packed Tenant Cloud podcast. If you want to be a more informed, better educated, and successful landlord, then stay tuned. With over a decade of property management experience, we bring you short and sweet, bite-sized pieces of incredibly valuable property management tidbits in 15 minutes or less. Many tenants right now have abandoned their workspace, their work offices throughout the United States, and even as states are reopening and allowing people to go back to work, uh, and they're lifting the quarantine orders and shelter-in-place orders all across the United States, and uh, riots are taking place, and protests, and so on and so forth, uh, there's still a lot of empty offices around the United States because companies just aren't comfortable sending their employees back into office spaces, and frankly, the employees aren't comfortable going back just yet as it is. And so there's this tension between the ability to go back to work and whether or not you should actually or will actually go back to the workplace. And so a lot of companies, you've started to see articles coming out where they are just allowing employees to continue to work remotely in whatever capacity they have been working remotely. And many companies are even adapting to the work remote model and they are restructuring the way that things work to allow their employees to continue working remotely indefinitely. And so those trends are, uh, people are predicting that those trends are going to continue. And uh, Jones Lang LaSalle did an interesting survey and they found that there are four key things about the change in the workplace as a direct result of COVID-19 and the pandemic taking place. And even as things try to come back to normal, there's four key things that they believe from their survey that will change for the long term. And so a lot of these, all four of these are really actually applicable to real estate as well. I just found that they were very interesting. Some of these are more applicable to commercial space, uh, but a lot of it is also applicable to the landlording space and to it, those who have had physical offices, even if it's just a small office where you have tenants able to come and pay rent and things of that nature, a lot of things are changing and employees' demands are changing as employees have uh, become very aware and educated through the campaigns that you have seen in the media and on TV about how viruses travel and a lot of people just aren't comfortable being that close to each other anymore. And so the first thing that we'll dive into real quick, as you know, these podcasts, we try to keep them under 15 minutes or less because we know that you are very busy and you have a lot of things to do and listening to a podcast all day is not one of them. So uh, we'll jump right in. The number one thing that they found as a result of their survey, again, this is a very interesting survey. I found it very interesting. It's why I wanted to do a podcast on it. 
Uh, but the number one thing is that uh, space design that offers greater dedication to privacy and separation from others is going to become very important in the immediate future and also in the unforeseen future as well. And so the reason for that is, is because if you are not aware of the past, a lot of office spaces were built with anywhere from 75 to 150 square feet per person in an office space. And that's actually been decreasing every single year that offices have been being built and open floor plans uh, were all of the rage. And that was supposedly going to be the future of office spaces, even though there has been an awareness over the past few years as a result of studies and research that has shown that open floor plans actually tends to result in less team building and less efficiency within the ranks. And so there was this little bit of awareness over the past few years where, okay, well, maybe open floor plans really aren't that good of an idea for the workplace. Maybe we should have more space and maybe we should have groups or teams split off and not just have everybody in one big open area. But now that the pandemic has taken place and people have become highly educated on how easy it is to transfer a virus and how easy it is for uh, bacteria and things of that nature to transfer from one person to another, especially in a big open place, such as an open office, uh, a lot of people have uh, come to the realization that maybe that really isn't the best way to plan business spaces and maybe that should change quicker and sooner rather than later. And so you saw that and started people start to become aware of that, but now all of a sudden that's been accelerated. And so uh, what it seems to be is that a lot of people are now saying that that needs to change immediately, not five years from now, not 10 years now, today, maybe even before they go back to their offices. And so not having uh, people be 75, only have 75 to 150 square feet per person, but maybe more than that, maybe more like what we had back in the early part of the 21st century where the average workplace had 325 square feet allocated to each employee. And so there's there they believe that through this survey and through the feedback that they received from business leaders and business owners and uh, commercial uh, office space builders, construction companies, that this is going to be the trend going forward, that it's going to revert back to building more enclosed spaces, more offices, less open workspaces, and overall build more square footage uh, per person, per employee to allow for that space and to allow for that separation that is needed. And so, in fact, there was a 2019, just last year, uh, the Harvard University had completed a study on the open office plan, and they found that face-to-face -face interactions, which, keep in mind, that was the entire, well, not the entire, but that was a big reason behind creating open spaces was to have innovation and collaboration and teamwork and team building and relationship building within the workplace to uh, have all of that be a byproduct of such tight workspaces within an open space so that everybody could be near each other and communicate with each other. But 
in this study that they conducted back in 2019, they found it was actually the exact opposite. Face-to-face interactions dropped over 70% when compared to more traditional space and closed-off spaces. And what happened as a result of that is digital interactions then increased to compensate for the decrease in the face-to-face interactions. So you have everybody close to each other. You have this open space, but now they're not talking to each other. They're communicating through digital means, through messenger and things of that nature. Now, you could attribute that to many things. Maybe people just don't want your voices carry when you're in an open space. Maybe people don't want to be talking to their coworkers or employees or Maybe they don't want to disturb other people because you're you're close, your voice carries, maybe other people are trying to focus, or maybe you have that person on your team who gets annoyed because they can't concentrate if other people around them are talking. I mean, there's a, a thousand reasons, but whatever those reasons are, the fact of the matter doesn't change that the face-to-face interaction, the entire goal of that design or a big part of the goal behind that design to increase teamwork and team building and relationship building and communication really wasn't happening at all. In fact, you still had to leave that space to go with a team to go and collaborate or innovate because you can't disturb everybody around you. And so uh, that is just one of the first things that they discovered through this survey is that that is probably going to be one of the biggest changes as a direct result of COVID-19 going forward is that it is going to revert back to Uh, more closed spaces, larger spaces per employee to give people space. And um, that's going to be interesting to watch going forward. The number two thing is uh, flexible work schedules and locations. Now, this one I found interesting because a lot of companies have already started to innovate in this space where they have employees who no longer want to commute into a dense area or Maybe there are restrictions as far as uh, other businesses that are open nearby, such as restaurants and things of that nature. And so employees who are living out in rural areas or outside of the city limits do not want to commute into a high-density area because of the risks associated with the virus. And so a lot of companies have already started doing what's called dual offices. And that is where they have an office for downtown where they have maybe some of their core employees who live in the immediate area downtown and it just doesn't make sense for them to commute out. Maybe they move downtown because they don't have a vehicle or don't want to drive. And so you have these people who live in close proximity to the office that is in downtown. And if you're familiar with any downtown in in the United States, you know that there are a lot of offices that are located there. And also that is associated with real estate as well. There's a lot of prime real estate and a lot of offices that are located downtown. And so what you're seeing now is a lot of employees are now able to work with some of these companies that have started these dual offices where instead of commuting into downtown into a high density area, these companies are now looking for office space, even if it's some type of uh, rent as you go or lease as you go type office space where employees can pop into an office in a more rural area outside of the high density areas and not have to deal with a large number of people and increasing a risk of transmitting the virus. And they're working in these outskirts around the city. And so this dual office approach is very interesting. Uh, they have found that quite a few companies have already started doing that. And uh, it's also, I'm sure, due to the fact that some cities have more strict uh, 
quarantine policies in place as opposed to the counties that are lying out and around the larger, the higher density areas. And they're a little bit more relaxed in the more rural areas. And so uh, they did this, this survey and they found that actually 60%, over 60% of employees surveyed stated that they, going forward, them and their companies had uh, come up with a plan for them to work a good percentage of their time from home going forward for indefinitely. Uh, in fact, they were planning around doing that. And so over 60% plan to only return to the office for parts of their work week, but will also be working from home for a considerable portion of their time. And so that combined with this dual office approach is a very unique approach to deal with a very unique issue. And uh, it's not an issue that I think will go away anytime in the near future in the sense that maybe the virus will go away after another six, eight, 10 months, whatever it may be, who knows. But the lasting impression that it's going to leave behind the uh, ease with which it transferred through the population and tra- was transmitted from person to person is going to stick with people, I think, for quite some time. And now that people are more aware of that and how quickly a virus can transmit like that, I think that this is going to be another area of the workplace that is going to continue to change. And you're probably wondering, okay, well, if I'm in residential real estate, what in the world does this have to do with me? Well, there's also a general shift, as you can see, with the commercial side of things where even offices with the dual office approach is where you're going to have employees who are going to be outside of the city. And so there's probably going to be a fundamental shift, at least for the short to medium term, where people may not necessarily be looking for rentals in the city or within city limits or even close to the city in a high density area, especially if they now have these options to work remotely or to work at a dual office where they can, they don't have to commute to the downtown area. And I think that there might be a little bit more of a sprawl taking place in terms of population density where people are going to be a little bit more spread out as companies become more relaxed with work remote policies and things of that nature. And so it was already kind of something that was already taking place, but now that the pandemic kind of forced it to take place on a wide scale, I think that it's something that we're going to see that's it's just going to build that trend even quicker and faster than it was previously. And I think it's going to change the dynamics of residential real estate in general. And of course, if you have offices and things like that for your leasing and your property management, that is also changing, especially when you have software like Tenant Cloud, where everything is cloud-based. It's all through the internet and you don't have to go to a physical office anymore. Your leases are all e-signed. Everything is uploaded. Maintenance requests don't have to be turned in by hand or submitted. Everything can be sent to a maintenance tech. The tenant can send it directly to you. You can send it directly to a maintenance tech or even to a service provider directly all through Tenant Cloud through this digital system. And so there's just all of the components are really in place at this point in time to where working remotely is an option in almost every sector, including property management and real estate. And so Uh, That was just another interesting uh, point. The final point on that one is that they, in this survey, only about 34% 
of all employees expected that they were would end up going back to their offices full-time. That is only one-third of all employees surveyed in this survey that believed that they would be going back to an office on a full-time basis. If that is not a massive shift in the workplace and the workforce, I don't know what is, especially if that turns out to be true and one only one-third of employees end up going back to a physical office full-time with no portion of their work taking place from home. That is a huge shift in the workforce and definitely something to be paying attention to. The other thing that will probably change in all of this is, uh, as part of that, is that co-working and co-working spaces where you're you're leasing a space that is shared by multiple people in time slots throughout the day is probably going to take a little bit of a hit, um, but it, that'll be another interesting area to see as far as uh, sanitation and keeping spaces clean and all of these open workplaces that people can rent by the hour or by the by the time slot or even by the day or week. It's going to be interesting to see how those spaces fare through all of this and if they have to um, make some changes to accommodate the public uh, perception of spaces like that going forward with keeping the virus in mind. Number three is that there is now a hyper focus on health and safety. And uh, it's pretty much before the virus, it probably would have been a little crazy to think that if you went back to your office, let's say you're one of these one third of the people surveyed that is going back to your offices full time. Before the virus, it might have been a little crazy to think that you might have to have your temperature taken before you enter the building or that you might have to show proof that you have antibodies for the virus or that you have to wear a mask when you're in the common areas of the building or that you have to use hand sanitizer and maybe the actual equipment in things like the restrooms change or blue lights, the, the ultraviolet lights are installed at various places in the building like door handles and things of that nature. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting change because of this hyper-focus on health and safety. And I think that there's going to be a lot of questions around the legality of some of it as well. And so definitely something to keep your finger on uh, to just keep tabs on that and to be aware of it, especially if you do own office space, you operate office space, you have employees, and some of the changes that are going to be coming down the pipeline and what is or is not going to be acceptable uh, I'm sure that it's going to be a very intense uh, six to 10, maybe even 12 months as a lot of these things get worked out and uh, whether or not things go back to quote unquote normal or not, or if you really do see some of these really intense changes that really are kind of the norm in a lot of other places around the world. Um, there's these policies that I just mentioned. Some of them are already in place in places like Korea or China and a few other places. And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the United States. Um, but definitely there's already businesses doing temperature scanning before you're able to enter the building just to make sure that you don't have a uh, mild fever that you just might not be aware of and sending you home or sending you to the doctor or doing requiring that you take a test that's already taking place across the United States in many, many businesses. And so 
uh, it's definitely feasible that that could be something that is very widespread and also uh, takes place in the real estate industry. And so definitely something to keep an eye on there. Uh, there's definitely going to be measures to improve the safety and sanitation of areas. And so, like I mentioned, things like the uh, ultraviolet lights and disinfectants and hand sanitizer stations throughout buildings and things like that are definitely going to become commonplace, I think, much more than uh, what they have been in the past. I have not been in an office building ever that I've seen hand sanitizer in until now. And so I think that's just going to kind of be the normal thing uh, that that's what you do before you walk in the door and start uh, talking and, and working with people. The fourth thing is, is that there will be obvious limitations in near term and long term uh, in terms of working remotely. And part of the survey was asking people uh, about their specific role in their job and in their company and how they felt about that specific position, being able to function and to be efficient and productive in a work remote situation. And there were quite a, few, quite a few people who believed that there really just isn't an option to work remotely full time. And that that is why 60% of people who responded stated that they believed that they would be working a combination of both working remotely and working in an office. However, given that they had the ability to work from a dual office space like we were talking about a little bit ago about where you don't have to commute into a high density area. Maybe you have an office space now that is closer to you if you live outside the city and you don't have to come into a city uh, space where there's a lot of people hanging around. So uh, definitely an interesting survey and it it's definitely going to be interesting to see how companies adapt in terms of team building and creating that company culture remotely. A lot of companies have been doing it for years. And so I think that there's going to be a lot of discussion around that and a lot of innovation in that space. And so definitely chime in, let us know what are some of the ways that you have been doing that with your teams and, uh, keeping morale high and interacting together and building that company culture, maintaining that culture. Uh, we'd love to hear your input on how you've been doing that successfully. A lot of people have come up with really creative ways to do that over the past few months. And so it's been really cool to see, but we would love to hear from you how you've been doing it. And uh, that would be awesome. As always, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule uh, to listen to this Tenant Cloud podcast. We hope that you have found value in the time that you have spent listening to it. And if so, feel free to share this episode with any friends or colleagues or family members who you believe may benefit from the information we've discussed. You can also check out our blogs at tenantcloud.com forward slash blog or listen to our podcasts on any of the podcast platforms such as Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or even check out our Tenant Cloud YouTube channel where you'll also find full system demos, webinars, and other media content. Thanks again for listening and we'll look forward to talking with you next time.